Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. Feels like a long time since we were here. Oh, a lot's happened since then. Christmas. It's been a whole Christmas. A whole new year. A whole new year. A whole new world. (laughs) And uh, what I want to talk about now, here's the thing, is related to Christmas and the Christmas period. So the first one is a Christmas gift. Oh. I had a weighted blanket. (gasps) What's it like? I love it. I never thought I'd like a weighted blanket because I don't like being tucked in. No. You know, so I don't like an apple pie bed or anything like that. No, no. But I, I just, I, I don't know, something was calling me. The siren call of the weighted blanket. So. Well, I think, because I think they sound amazing. You tell me what it's actually like. Because yeah. I remember when I was a kid, even yeah. though I don't like being tucked in now that I'm a full-length adult, yeah. quite a tall one, but when you were a kid and your mum tucked you in bed and you were like you'd had a you'd had a bath, you'd washed your hair, you got clean pajamas, clean bed linen, and you just felt really, really safe. Yeah. Is it like that? Not quite the same. Um I, I describe it more as um like a hug. Ooh. Yeah. Um and I, I I did a little bit of research before coming to meet you because I wanted to know what the science behind it was. And it is pretty much like that. It's it's about it being deep tissue pressure. Okay. So it is you feel safe, but you feel comforted by it as well. Not hemmed in, like not pinned to well, the bed. Or no, I didn't. I didn't feel that heavy. Mine, although when I first got it, it felt incredibly heavy. So I put it on me. It was like, oh my god, I'm pinned down. I've got used to it now. So yeah. I have it in bed. It's, it's okay. my, my little blanket in bed. It's not little. It's huge. So do you have it on top of the duvet or under the no, duvet? I just sort of wrap myself in it like a sausage. Okay, so the person that you're sleeping with doesn't get any of it? No, no, so mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I get to have a little bit of the duvet on the top, but I don't, you know, I don't always need that. I just and like... is it warm enough? Yeah. What's it made out of then? I imagine it being a bit like um, chain mail. Yeah, there's all sorts of different ones. So the one I've got is like a really soft, um, sort of, I can't even describe it. It's like it's like a, a soft, mm, what brushed cotton or fluffy or no? Like oh gosh, I don't know how to describe it. Canvas, really snow? No, not no. Like um, like a velvet, but not a velvet. Okay, like a chenille, maybe. Okay. Yeah. It's not like a fleecy sofa blanket. No, it's not right. a fleecy sofa okay. blanket. Okay. But you can get them, and you can get knitted ones as well, and you can get all sorts. Um, you can get them filled with plastic, but I got one filled with glass. So the little glass beads. That that is it. Cold provides. or warm? Feels warm. It doesn't feel cold at all. Can you wash it in the washing machine? Apparently so. Some of them you can't, but this one you can. I haven't tried it yet. Who bought that for you? Uh, my mum, I told her that's, oh, what, I that's what you wanted. Yeah, so she got that for me, and I do love it very much. So I looked up a little bit about the history of it. Um, it's thought that they um, used uh, 
to reduce anxiety. Yeah. But they were first developed to help people um, with autism spectrum disorders. Okay. How does that work for them? So let me go through. Let me scroll Scroll through through. my notes. Um, The research isn't totally there yet. There's been quite a lot of research about it, but... The um, the first research was in 1992, would you believe? Right. And um, a company, um, no, sorry, a gentleman called Temple Grandin invented something called the Hug Machine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like that chair tester in Ikea? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure. Uh, to look at the calming effects of deep touch pressure. So it's, yeah. it's based on the same thing. And then there's... Um, a gentleman called Keith Zivilich, uh, he pioneered, according to this article, the commercial production and sale of weighted blankets in 1997. And the first weighted blanket was sold in 1998. Now, that's the commercial one. I'm sure the effects of deep touch pressure and blankets have been around for much longer than that. But then the first official study of them was by an occupational therapist in 1999 called Tina Champagne. Oh, what a great name. That's related to Tom Champagne, who used to write to you to tell you that you'd won a million pounds in the Reader's Digest (laughs) draw. I don't know, maybe. She's an occupational therapist and she was using it as a coping device for people with broader special needs um, in the community. So... In the 2000s, this, it started to be used more in the special needs community. But then in 2017, there was a Kickstarter by a company um, that created the Gravity Blanket. Okay. They raised, I think, five... So the report's different. One says $5 million, another says seven. And they sold a Gravity Blanket. And then in 2018, Time magazine named it as one of the best inventions of the year and cited the gravity blanket specifically. Uh, And it goes on and on. So um, So the gravity blanket is a brand of weighted blanket. A a brand of weighted blanket. So one of the first ones to really become popular. But uh, reading some articles now, it seems to be on everybody's Christmas wish list this year. A weighted blanket. So the, I had a look at this, the research that has been done into it, and there's a website called Popular Science, and basically the article is what the science actually says about weighted blankets. Okay. That's what it says on the tin, yeah. Heather. Uh, and what it says here, I really like the opening statement, and this might might align with your thoughts. This one was more about waking up, yours was about going to sleep. But it says here, weighted blankets capture the cosy feeling of waking up under a heavy comforter on a winter's day. Ooh. I've got to say this morning, I woke up and my blanket was like, no, stay, stay. Yeah, but my duvet does that every does day. Oh. There's a risk that I would never get out of bed if I'd got a weighted blanket. Oh, Okay. Well, we might have to, like, ban you from the weighted blanket. Yeah. But the theory here, so this is on Popular Science uh, website, it says that they think that applying pressure to your skin stimulates neurotransmitters like serotonin and melatonin to calm your brain. I get that. That's why we do like a hug. 
I suppose it's also why dogs like to be stroked or cats like to be stroked. Yeah, makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So occupational therapists use them for um, sensory integration therapy for children who have trouble processing their senses. So the weighted blanket stimulates their sense of touch and helps their brain to get used to it. Um, in the US, they're increasingly used in psychiatric wards as an alternative to medication or physical restraints. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, it, one of the quotes here, Annette Beckland, a therapist who works in a mental health hospital, said, I watch people who are going to be put into restraints not have to be put into restraints because we offered them blankets first. And I'm guessing that's not because the blanket was so heavy they couldn't move. No, no, it's just, it's doing... Yeah, it's yeah. a calming effect, yeah. yeah. A bit um, like when you pick a cat up by the scruff of its neck, it just immobilises it, it. Yeah. yeah. And it goes all limp. Yeah. That's quite fun to do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it with our cat, because he's never been... He was hand-reared, so he's never been... Oh, he's never been picked, picked up, up by his mother, no. He's just thinking, what on earth are you doing? And yeah, you, 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 he, just stop, he doesn't stop doing whatever you... You're trying to stop him from doing something, he just carries on. Oh, scratches you. Um... So what else have we got here? Yeah, so it says in the article, it's not clear what the evidence says. Uh, so, the, But there are a lot of anecdotes in favour of weighted blankets. What I thought was most interesting and most valuable to me, it goes through a whole load of other studies all the way through the years uh, of different positives. But a lot of the experts that they spoke to, um, they said they had a weighted blanket themselves. Right. Okay, that's quite telling, isn't so, it? So, regardless of what the science tells you... They're doing it. If yeah. the scientists have got their own weighted yeah. blanket, I think that's enough for me. Yeah. Can you try one and, if you don't like it, send it back? I suppose. I don't know. Gift it to somebody else? Yeah, his weighted blanket didn't work for me, but... But the question is then, what type of weighted blanket? Because if you... If you're not great with senses, so at certain times, like later on in the evening when I'm a bit tired, I struggle with um, non-natural fibres. I don't like to touch them at okay. all. So I think I'd have to be careful. It wasn't like a snaggy thing mm. or something that irritated me. But my current blanket is so soft it doesn't. Like it's plush. It's plush. It's like a, okay, but presumably you could put it on top of a duvet. I suppose so, yes. And then if you... you or on top of a sheet or something, yeah. so you could have the cotton next to your skin. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to know when the warmer weather comes, whether you're saying, get this weighted blanket away yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah, it's a good point. Whether it's just a winter thing. Or... Yeah, because I like to be cool. I, we have a cool bedroom anyway, mm. so we don't have any radiators no, on we... in the bedroom at all. And that suits me fine. So, yeah, in the summer, you can go... Weighted blankets that um, let more air in as well. So, yeah, it might just be that you need... Maybe I need to buy a new one. one. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, that that was one of my gifts for Mm. for Christmas. That was very good. Well, sticking with the Christmas thing theme, um, but not about gifts, although it it is a bit of a gift. Um, Now, here's the thing. Pantomimes. I think you were going to say pants, then. Pants, well... Pantomimes, yes. Where do you stand on pantomimes? I like them, but then some I don't. Oh, okay. What? So what makes, in your mind, what makes for a good panto? Wow, I 
It's a few years since I've been to one. I, I yeah, think it's the I best. Don't know. There, there's, there, you went to one, didn't you? Yeah. This year. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't answer that question. I just know I've enjoyed some and not others. I, I don't know why. It, see, we went, we go most years, we go to the one in Shrewsbury at the Theatre 7. Um, and actually this year we were sat right at the back, up in like almost the very back row. Um is that because you uh, were late getting your tickets? Yes, naughty Auntie Heather. Must try harder. But we had a perfect view, it was absolutely fine. But what it also meant was that I could see a lot of the audience. So I could see a lot of people experiencing the pantomime. Oh, wow. So that's a performance in itself. It was isn't it? so lovely. You know, you start, it's a long, it's a long time. You're at the panto for like two and a half hours or whatever. There is a break. But by the end of it, you're you've all experienced this same thing, oh, and there's yeah. been the way it's delivered. If it's done well, there's some sort of ad libs. Even if they're scripted ad libs, I don't yeah. really care. They appear to be ad libs. They pick on certain people in the audience, and by the end of it, you're like a big group of friends that have just experienced something together that nobody else has experienced. Because the next time it will be slightly different. Um, so it's, I left feeling, like I was really knackered at Christmas. I've left feeling really uplifted. Oh, brilliant. That it had been, we'd been dancing, we got up and danced, <laughs> you know, and, and like loads of people were getting up and dance, dancing and we went and had our photos taken with the oh. dame. And you went with a young niece as well. I so with my did niece. she stay the course? She, she did. She, she was yeah. fine. She only a little bit scared. So she sat between me and my husband for the first half and then she sat between my husband and daddy for the second half. She's only a little bit scared of the baddie, but we were far enough away yeah. that, it, you know, it, and she'd got things that lit up and all sorts of things. <laughs> Did you have things that lit up? No, wings. I just bought them for her. I didn't have wings. But, but so I thought I'd have a little look at, like, when... When did pantomime start? It's a very British thing, isn't it? Well, it is and it isn't because it actually dates back to... So so the the term pantomime um, comes from um, two Roman words, um, which mean... uh, Where is it here on my my notes? Um, Oh, Greek, sorry. Um, The word panto and mimos. Panto means all and mimos means mimicry or imitation. Panto means all. Panto means all. Yeah. And then uh, mimos means the art of mimicry or oh, imitation. Okay. So I guess it means all nonsense, really. You know, it's okay, all just... Yeah. And, and the classic, you know, the pantomime dame, which is a guy yeah. dressed as a woman, the principal boy often played by a girl. Yeah. Um, so all of those types of things. So um, just... Like messing everything messing up. Messing everything up. It's all nonsense. They have some slapstick, comedy music and um, spectacle of some sort. Um, but it became popular in the 16th century. I always have to work that out in my head. That's something 1500 something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, a long time ago, isn't yeah. it? A long time ago. Um, but actually... In the UK, 1732, so Harlequin, um, you know, which is the oh, guy yeah. in the yeah. crisscrossy, like jestery sort yeah. of outfit, um, 
was an 18th century pantomime star. But actually, the first Harlequin at, at Covent Garden was in 1732, a guy called John Rich, um, who played the part of Harlequin, danced but never spoke, um, um, actually managed to build Covent Garden Theatre with the profits from his pantomimes. Wow. So quite a lucrative thing in those days. Um, and he also um, developed the story of Harlequin and Columbine, who were kept apart by the girl's father. So most pantomimes have got a boy-girl yeah. lead, and then they they end up with a marriage at the end. And they tend to follow folklore or different stories. So now, traditionally, they're fairy stories. So we yeah. have Dick Whittington, Robin Hood, Jack and the Beanstalk, Sleeping Beauty... Yeah. We've aligned them with um, with fairy stories. Um, so, yeah, so it's actually been around a long time and the formula is fairly standard uh, and it's going on all over the country. But I then learned that there is an organisation called the Pantomime Awards oh. set up in 2020, I think. Oh, so relatively new. Relatively new. Um, and it's the UK Pantomime Association. And basically what they do is they have people who go around the world, around the country, visiting pantos. Oh, I do like that job. I love that job. I can't think of anything better. Um, 64 judges visited 243 wow. venues, watching 717 performances of pantomime. Oh, my God. And then giving scores. Uh, and you can put forward your venue uh, to be considered. So Theatre 7 is on that list. Okay. Uh, but essentially, there are certain criteria um, which allow you to take part. Oh, God. And I, let me just find the... Um, essentially, it's something like it needs to run for more than 12 performances. Yeah. And So it, it can't just be like a village hall yeah. weekend. Exactly, exactly. Um yeah, so there's a limit to how long it can run for, how many people, and... Is Theatre Cluid on there? On the list? they do a rock pantomime every year. Ah, um... I don't know, let's have a look. Uh, it's a hell of a list. Um, they go from Aberdeen to Aylesbury, Belfast to Bodner, Cardiff to Canterbury. Where is the list now? What is it? Oh, pantomime or what? Here we go. Venues announced. Here we go. Yeah, they're right. Aberdeen. Mould. Yep. Sleeping Beauty. Theatre Cluid. Okay, excellent. So who's won the awards? Well, they're not announced until... Who won it last year? Later in the year. So let's see what it can tell me for 2023. They were announced. Sue Pollard. <laughs> Sue Pollard um, was the... Did you see her on them? Um, would I lie to you the other week? No. <laughs> Completely nuts. Is she? <laughs> yeah. um, so it was the 11th of April, 2023. So, right, so they have all sorts of things. So best choreographer, best comic, best costume, best dame, best director. Um, so what we've got, uh, best director was um, Beauty and the Beast at the Courtyard in Hereford. Uh, best magical being Joe Osmond from Beauty and the Beast at Theatre 7 Magical being I'd like to be a magical being I don't know what a magical being even is uh, I'm trying to see if there's any 
local places that Theatre Clip, here we go. Best pantomime under 500 seats, sponsored by Butlins, Robin Hood, Theatre Cluid Mould. Okay. Yes, because they were in their temporary theatre, weren't there they? There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't even know it was a thing. Oh, the pres- guess who is the president's, uh, guess who is the association's president? I don't know. Christopher Biggins. Oh, of course. <laughs> And some of the presenters in, have been um, Derek Griffiths, who used to be in play school and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. De- the lovely Debbie McGee and Vicky Stone. So, yeah. I'd have liked to have seen Craig Revel Horwood in Pantomime. Oh. Didn't he do one with Ian McKellen recently? Did he do it last year? Not this, mm-hmm. not 23, 22, yeah, did sure. you? I, I just love a dame. I love a pantomime dame. The outfits that... I think the run is finished, so I can probably say... But at Theatre 7, I could not stop laughing because the dame who I love, who's called Brad Fitt, um, his real name is Paul Hendy, but uh, the dame character is Brad Fitt. Um, he came on and he was Elton John. It was relevant in the in the context. <laughs> but he came on, he walked on, it all in silver... And there's this grand piano that is his outfit. Wow. So he's at the top end by the keyboard end and he's leaning his elbow as if he's sitting on top of the piano. <laughs> Lots of silly jokes about I'm still standing and, you know, but yeah. total nonsense. But it, I think the whole point is everybody's on the same level. Doesn't matter how much money you yeah. are. I mean, obviously you need to be able to afford the tickets, unfortunately. Um, but yeah. We're, it, it's a great leveller. Doesn't really matter who you are, whether you're five or whether you're, you know, fifty-five, sixty, or whatever. There are people who are eighty. Somebody was celebrating their eightieth birthday. They come all the way from Australia, you know. And you're just like, yeah, this is just, this is a Christmas gift. Oh, did you go before Christmas or after? After we went on the twenty-seventh. Yes. And I think it's a nice thing to look forward to yes, after I all did. the excitement. Has gone, and what they did at Theatre Seven this year—I don't know if they've done it in previous years—is they were doing on Friday morning, just gone. Um, they were doing a, um, a, a quiet performance for children who suffer with nice. sensory yeah, overload. Yeah. So they were just going to just bring it down a little oh, bit, lovely. which means that those children can uh, can enjoy it as well. Oh, brilliant! So yeah, panto. But I, I need to get on it and order the tickets for next year. This year. Otherwise, I'll be in trouble this with my year, niece. Yeah, we're in 2024 now. Yes. Yeah. You'll buy the tickets now and she'll go, nah, I don't want to go to yeah, that anymore. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty, not interested. Yeah, grown out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've talked for long enough. I'm going to save my other one for next oh, week, so okay. I don't need to do any research for next week now. Oh, <laughs> look at you. Now Here's the Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week, Heather. <laughs> Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air.